live and on lockdown. Are you ready? Ready, ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey. Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. Good, uh, good day, everybody. Welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders, uh, with another guest on the show and uh, taking the opportunity. Well, before it gets back to the busyness again of life. Uh, and keeping things ticking over, you know. So my guest is uh, Daniel Gomez, who is a business coach. Uh, does Daniel Gomez Inspires podcast? And I know he's through uh, my previous guest. He has, or who was I speaking to? Speaking to somebody else in our connection. He has a lot of websites. I'm not sure how he keeps up with them, but he has a lot of websites. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, we're going to hear a really inspiring story. I like to go, and as you know, I like to go down to the nitty gritty. I like to get the to the core of. The person's story to but any day is to inspire people because he's come from something, he's come from nothing to something, and he inspires people, and that's what he does. He wants to encourage people, he's always encouraging people and lifting people up. But we're going to dive into the background. Everyone has a background, a story, they don't get there by chance, they don't get there, they get there by usually hard work. So, welcome, Daniel, to the Ramsey on the Going Beyond Borders podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Fraser, man, it's an honor to be here with you today, and on this holiday season. Ready to drop some value to your audience, and thank you for having me. I'm excited, man. I'm ready thank you to for up. thank you for taking the time to uh, be on the show. So let's I like start. You, I like you even more now because you're a hoodie guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, unfortunately, uh, yeah, the, the difference in weather from where you are to me is a little bit <laughs> probably a several degrees hotter. Uh, so, but anyway, it's all good. Uh, but let's go down. Let's really get forever. We are streaming live via using StreamYard, which is going live via Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also, for the purpose for the audio version of podcast purposes. At the end of the day, we will describe all that we talk about, which is if you're listening, it means also if somebody's partially sighted as well, he might be listening. He might just so they get a bigger picture of what we're talking about. But anyway, let's start the podcast and go for it, Daniel. So let's tell us about Daniel Gomez. Let's start with you the very, very beginning of who you are, uh, where you're born, life, education. Was it good, bad? Was it indifferent? Tell us about it. Man, you, you're putting me on a spot here, Fred. You're taking me back to man, little Daniel, right? Actually, my wife doesn't like it, but when I was younger, they would call me Danny Gomez, like Danny Zuko from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> true story, true story. And uh, Danny Gomez. So anytime I meet somebody, say at the mall, we're walking down or we go somewhere to an event and somebody says, hey, Danny, my wife, her 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 radars go up because she, it's prior, right? It's right when we met, when I met my wife, I was in that transition from Danny to Daniel Gomez because my boss at the time, she would call me Daniel and it would drive me crazy. It would get me upset, really. I said, Karen, my name is Danny, Danny Gomez. Okay, Daniel. And literally, like, just like that, and man, it, it would get under my skin. But I said, well, I just sucked it up. And I think it was just God's way of transitioning me from the person I was to the person I was becoming. And But Danny Gomez was a little chubby kid, mm-hmm. the youngest of all the cousins, kind of got picked on all the time. And we grew up here on the south side of San Antonio and it was just one of those things where I just tried to fit in and it didn't seem like I fit in anywhere, to be honest with you. I was the youngest of all the kids. So not that my brother or sister picked on me, but it was just like I was, I was, I don't want to say I was a rug rat, but I was just the youngest. And then my dad was a construction worker. So I was real close to my dad and everybody said my dad had me spoiled. So maybe, maybe he did because I was, because I was chubby. We didn't grow up with much of anything. We moved around a lot. But I think I just had a, a life of youth where I really struggled and it developed my character into not giving up. And the reason I say that is, as I got older, my mom passed away when I was 10 years old. And that was real just hard on me because it's like, I remember seeing her go to chemotherapy and I remember waiting on the lobby because I was, I was a kid. And 
in San Antonio at that time, you had to be 12 years old to go upstairs to the, or that San Rosa hospital. I would wait at the lobby with myself sitting down. Probably like eight years old, man. I remember this. And just remember one day they took me to my aunt's house and they told me your mom didn't make it. And I just uh, cried. What do you do? You're eight years old. You're 10 years old when your mom passes away. And I think my sister, Dorothy, you know, she was like a mom to me, really raised me and was a beautiful sister. My older sister, she's 10 years older than me. And I think just we always moved around. We never had roots to say that we had a home. And not that we didn't have a home, but we moved all the time. And I, 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 I focus on that because I think my, for me now as an adult, the greatest success story of my life is, besides knowing Jesus, is the fact that I was able to give my son and daughter, Ali and Julian, just, they, they, went, they went to the same elementary school, they went to the same junior high, and they went to the same high school, and they shared quite a few teachers and I gave them a home. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's why when we sold our house last year, it was kind of hard because we had some deep rooted memories there. We were there almost 20 years, but I've never had that for myself. So it was, it was pretty cool, man. But that's kind of a, my backstory. So you're kind of, it's a, obviously moving around. So were, were you jumping from school to school yourself at that age? Yeah, we would move. I, <laughs> I, I can't even tell you, I remember we went, I went to a school called, like, I, I'll just give you what I remember from my elementary days is I went to a school called Flanders on the South side, another school called Royal Gate, another school called um, Oak Crest or um, not Oak Crest or Crest Hills. And then there was another school I went to Stonewall. So I went, I went to probably about, then I went to, oh, I forgot to Montgomery Elementary after my mom passed away, we moved up to the Northeast side of town. I, went to, I was a Montgomery Mustang for a while, I went to Harmony. So I probably went to like seven or eight elementary schools and junior highs. I think after my mom passed away, I went up to San Marcos with my dad for a while. So I went to Leal Middle School, went to uh, Owen Goodnight, came back, went to Kruger Middle School. And uh, so I went to three middle schools. And then high schools, I went to San Marcos, Robert E. Lee, and then I ended up, uh, I went to MacArthur for a while here in San Antonio. And I hated that school. <laughs> But I graduated from Robert E. Lee. I, I got to say, Robert E. Lee was cool. It was, I, I like graduating from Lee, so it was okay. It was good. For for those who may not know about, well, Texas, I know is very split. It's very San Antonio. Is it more of a kind of? I know is it Hispanic, Mexican sort of heritage? What's the kind of the background of San Antonio where you live? Well, demographically, we're we're about eighty percent Mexican, right? Uh, demographically. We're not a minority here, even though, even though we are a minority as far as just to say Hispanic, Mexican-American here in San Antonio is pretty much, I would say, 75 or 85 percent is Hispanic. So um, it was it was good. Robert E. Lee was a good school to go to where it was kind of just, you know, there was um, th there was some diversity in there. So it was it was good. There was some good teachers there. And I think just uh, moving around so much, really, it taught me two things. It taught me it taught me not to trust anybody. But it also taught me to be resilient. And I think that's why when I grew up, I just had a lot of trust issues with people. And I think <laughs> sometimes I still do, right? It's like when you do business, you, you kind of put that shield up. But I've gotten a lot better. And um, But I think just really, it was just really being resilient and not giving up. I think that's what drives me. That's what I was, That's what led me to the automotive industry when I was really took off in my sales career where it just like, you have to have tenacity and you have to have grit. You have to be that bulldog to say oh we're going to dissect in your beginning life because this is important the foundations are, is a key to how you got to where you are so when you graduated what age were you when you graduated school when did you finish your education did you go to college or university afterwards at all well that was interesting because i tried to commit suicide when i was 18. what what was the cause of that man i wasn't stoned i wasn't drunk i wasn't nothing i just i think life just caught up to daniel Gomez, right i think what I mean by that is I, I lived, I, by that time, I bought my car when I was, uh, I was either, I think I was a junior when I bought my first car, and, uh, my second car. I had a car when I, actually I bought it my first, I had a Pinto, I don't know if you remember a Ford Pinto, but I had a Ford Pinto. I bought it when I was in eighth grade. So I would drive my Pinto in uh, my, my freshman and, and, and junior year, sophomore year. 
in my junior year, I sold my Pinto and I bought me a Cutlass and uh, just really, man, um, didn't really care. I think by that time, life had just caught up to me. What I mean by that is when I left San Marcos, I, my high school girlfriend, you know, I thought I was going to marry her and I really loved her. I know sometimes they say that that high school kids, right, you're just out to puppy love. But I, <laughs> it's like, that's BS, right? Because I, I know my heart was broken because it was, a, it, was it really made me... Um, it hurt me where I wasn't grading care. And I guess when I, at that season of my life, from my junior year to my entire turn 20, I think I just, I was probably for like three years straight, I didn't care about anybody. I really didn't. And just one day some stuff happened and I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't drunk, I wasn't stoned. I just, some girl I was dating, we got into it and I just was, I just tired of living at that moment. and. I didn't die. I always wondered why I lived. I, I always wondered why I lived. I, from the time I shot myself to the time I got to the hospital, it was four hours. Where, where did you shoot yourself? What part? Uh, in the abdominal area, like in my heart, kind of like, I was going for my heart, but it, <laughs> I guess just in the moment, it, I don't know, it didn't go that way. And um, ended up being in the hospital for nine, 90 days, three months, it was called NPO. I couldn't eat nothing, I couldn't drink nothing. And then again, one day I got up and I was just tired of being in bed. I was probably like 18 years old, just turned 18. And I hadn't drank anything for like two months. I was really, really just dehydrated. And of course they give you ivies, but my mouth was just dry. And I drank some water, I snuck out and walked around. I said, you know what, I was gonna take a cup of water. What is, <laughs> what's a little gulp gonna hurt me? And, Next thing you know, the next day I found myself in ICU. I almost died again. And I just remember waking up and I saw my brother and my dad there. And, uh, I lived, man. I lived again. And it's just, I I got out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I looked in the mirror, 18 years old, senior in high school. I didn't, want, I didn't want to go back to school. I really didn't. I said, screw school is what I was saying. That's not actually I didn't say screw school. I said <laughs> F school. Mm-hmm. But I looked in the mirror and I, did it. I just had this big old scar at the time. And when you shoot yourself, the 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 velocity the velocity of a gunshot wound, it, it you can't you can't close the you can't close the surgery because of the gunshot because of the just the the the, the dynamics of it. So it has to heal from the inside out. So I say that because I had these big wires holding my stomach closed because it wasn't it wasn't closed and. I just looked at myself, wasn't happy. And I, I carried that with me for many years, man. Just didn't know what to do with it. I met my wife probably about uh, three years later. And I think that she's the one that really helped me kind of find a purpose to live to say, cause I, I, I just had so much stuff going on. And I finally found somebody that I really, really could see myself with. I think that I could open my heart to to love again. I think so many times we get, we get hurt in life and we don't want to love or we we're scared to love, but you can't, you can't live life on that end. Yeah. So after re- meeting, realizing, well, means to survive, shooting yourself and basically and meeting your wife three years later, I mean, between that, that three year period of you before you met your wife, your, your now wife, um, I mean, well, we, what were you doing? We just, I mean, what was your process? You just got a hospital. You're kind of sort of healing still, but were you in a sort of just in a sort of limbo, or were you trying to? What did you go and achieve, or did you try and? What actions did you take in your life before you met your wife, and where did you where did you meet your wife? Well, I, I think I think after that, um, you just kind of question why I was alive. I think the good thing is I was. Um, I was working at that day. We had this department store called Solo Serve back in the day. And it was kind of cool because they, when all this happened, they made, they made me a cashier. I got a nickel raise, <laughs> a nickel. <laughs> but I loved it. Right. I loved it because it was like, I was in, I was in the front. It was, it was, it was more of who I was. I, I'm a, right. I'm an expressive personality. I'm a, I'm a, the life of the party and I'm one person. Then I'm there working with 20 beautiful women around me because I'm a cashier. I'm the only one of the only guys there. And, and I was in heaven, so it, I I definitely enjoyed that moment. And I think, I think I just really didn't, I just really didn't have a purpose. 
to where I was questioning why was I alive, right? Everything I had been through, why did I live? That was my question. They didn't get my answer. And uh, so I, 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 don't, I don't want to say that going through what I went through at 18 changed me instantaneously because I was still, I was still mad <laughs> to be honest with you, right? I was, I hadn't healed yet. Right. And um, I, uh, I was still like, whatever, right? I was just like, I'm alive and looked at myself in the mirror. And I think I just was going through the emotion. And, um, you know, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't a, a, a rebel or nothing like that, but I just, I just took it day by day, right? By that time I was 19 and I had healed already. My scar was closed and just started working out again, building up my, who I was. I was kind of popular in high schools, right? I, I mean, so I was pretty well known and solo serve. Everybody liked me. I was outgoing. So we had like a hundred employees there. So it was fun after graduation to kind of, it kept me going, right? It didn't give me a purpose, but I think the question was never answered. And then I think when I, a friend of mine came back and he was in Korea, he came out of the army. He goes, come on, let's go out, let's go dancing. And I was like, well, I don't want to go dancing. He goes, come on. He goes, Tejano music, Mexican music was big. Selena was a big upcoming Hispanic Tejano music star. And everybody loved her and her. And then there was another gentleman named Emilio, which was up and coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was pretty much we were the Tejano capital of the world here in San Antonio. So my buddy was a big time Tejano freak. And he goes, come on, let's go check it out. We were dancing. And we ended up going dancing one day. And I met my wife there. And like they say in show business, the rest is history. And uh, yeah, it just goes to show, never be scared to try something new because you never know. You might get your gift out of it. <laughs> very true. Very true. Tell us about your, tell us about your faith. Because you, I know, I know what you what you believe now. But tell us about your journey into your faith and how you, when it started. You know, I, I remember my mom going to Earl Roberts because I remember when she was already on her deathbed. My grandpa, he was pretty well off. He lives in Houston. He would fly her all over the world. He flew her, flew her to Oklahoma. He flew her to some other's place, and she just didn't get better. But I remember she would go see Earl Roberts. I remember that she told me she was, I was little, but I remember her saying, I'm going to be okay, son. I remember dropping her off at the airport. I didn't know, but I remember now that she probably went to her old Roberts and said, God, if anything, take care of my son, Danny. And uh, like I said, I grew up, my adolescence, I just didn't care about anybody, to be honest with you. My attitude was fuck them, right? I, no matter what it is, why care? That's that was my, that's where my heart was, and I think as I got as I got older, and then even when I met Monty, you know, you have you don't understand why you do what you do, but you know, a lot of these issues come up arise as you're growing up, and and um, I knew I had anger issues. I had a lot of anger issues, but I think when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, that that really that's where my life really turned around when I was 26 years old and they gave my dad a, they gave him three weeks to live. They gave my dad three weeks to live. And I remember going outside university hospital here in San Antonio crying because that was my old man. That was my dad. That was like, as much as I was angry at him, I, I mean, he was, he was always there for me. And, uh, was there anything against a big old planner? I just remember crying out to God, says, man, I don't know you. I believe there's a God. I don't know. I don't know you like that. But I said, I believe you exist. I said, if you help my dad, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And honestly, that night I went home, got totally drunk. Didn't know what to do because my dad was three weeks away from not being here. And I woke up the next day. I was like a different person. The spirit of God just came alive in me. The spirit of Christ was alive in me. My wife thought I was crazy. <laughs> she really thought I lost it. She's like, what's going on with this guy, right? Uh, but I just told her, we're going to stay married. We're going to go to church. I go, when I, I go, at the rate we're going, we're not going to make it without God, right? Not that what we were going, but at the rate I was going, we had to go to church, right? It wasn't my wife. My wife's always been an amazing woman. But I just said, if we're going to make our life 
go forward together. We need to, we need God in our lives. And I, I knew that I, I just instantaneously, I just changed overnight. It was kind of dramatic, lost a lot of my friends. Cause now I'm going to church and people that I would drink beer with, they want to hang around with me. And that was the beginning of, uh, really in my faith walk and my dad ended up passing away, but he, they, they gave him three weeks, but he, by God's grace, he lived a whole year. He lived a, a year long. Wow. And, um, but it was awesome because I left my job to take care of my dad. And it was, it was amazing. We just, we, <laughs> that was actually my first venture as a, as an entrepreneur. I started, a, I opened up, a, a, we had a piñata store. It was called Alicia's Piñatas. We named it after my daughter. And uh, we had a big old Morgan diesel box. We, we, we probably put about $50,000 into that business. We were doing good. We got in with some grocery stores, but then I really thought my dad was going to be healed. And after he, he just, one, one, one week, he just kind of went downhill within 10 days and never bounced back. We lost him right around Thanksgiving. And I didn't want to do the piñatas anymore because me and my dad were doing it. So I just, it's amazing how many times you look back at life and you, you see how God's hand has been over you. And I can see back how God has been guiding me and with me and, and helping me just really in every every level, every aspect of my life because it hurt my dad. I, I love my dad. Like I said, I had lost my mom when I was 10 years old. So it's like being 26 and being an orphan, it just really, um, I'm glad my heart started changing at that moment and that the new me was coming out. And it's just, it was, it was not, it was, it's never easy. Change is never easy, but I'll, I'll tell you, I think that that's that seed of, of God in my life really got rooted in my heart and my soul. And God never let me go from there. Was, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> that, was your was your wife a believer as well? Or was she more, did she kind of grow into or become a Christian? Or No, nah, she thought I was crazy. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Okay, so she wasn't a believer. Yeah, she, like we'd, we'd go to church and... Uh, you know, as it, at our, it was a non-denominational church. Uh, you know, we clap hands, and like you know, the song comes out, and she looked at me like, you, "My husband lost it." I could see it, but I guess she could see the change in me that it was real, and that mm -hmm. there was something going on inside of me. And I would just say, "God, I mean, I'm not God." And I said, "You touch her heart." And little by little, she started just clapping at one song, another song, and I think it was really, it was really Thanksgiving, where where we were rock bottom we, my son julian at the time was like 10 months old right. maybe a little bit younger and honestly we didn't have any money to buy milk that's how that's how rock bottom we were and um i and that's when cds were big i saw, i went i remember going and i think i had like uh i got like 200 dollars. i sold all these cds and that's how we bought groceries and milk and some other stuff and I think that's when really God used that moment to to change her heart because she um, she saw the pasture come and they bought us like a turkey and they bought us groceries and they paid our light bill. And when they paid our light bill that month and like she was just crying because God used that moment to really open up her heart. So I think after, after that, like she started believing that, wow, like this is really happening to us and God is real. So. I think those those seeds were were sprinkled on our hearts at that moment when we were 26, 27. And you know, we kept going to church for eight or nine years and it was it was it was it was a, it was a good time. That's when I started in the car business a couple of years later. And oh we'll come back to that, pause a second. Just if those who are listening or are listening via or watching via either the Facebook, YouTube or Twitch. And we'll be listening in the podcast. We've been talking we're talking to Daniel Gomez from Daniel Gomez Inspires podcast and uh, he's a business coach and um, we also uh basically just talk, talk about his life uh obviously growing up in san antonio texas uh obviously he's lost his mum and dad to cancer of being an orphan at 26 meeting his wife but also how he just turned this way being a, coming into the with talking to god and becoming a christian sort of technically and going to church and how it's been turned his life around and just dissecting that. But we're going to come back. So tell from obviously the, the past, the, the church have helped you out, they've paid your light bill, your wife has kind of uh, sort of changed basically. And uh, basically we're wanting to, um, so 26, you developed your next venture was the car business. Is that your next kind of plan? Or how did you sort of, what, how did that just sort of come about? You don't just sort of, 
Uh, so they just go, hey, I'm going to sell cars. So what made you start to sell cars? Or what gave you, did you always like cars? Or just you thought, well, okay, let's try it and give it a bash? Actually, uh, prior to that, for when I, when I met my wife, for, for like almost eight years, I worked at an interior landscaping company. Okay. And I just worked my way up there, and they sent me to school. And I actually got my horticulture degree. I'm a horticulturist by trade. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And for those that don't know what horticulture is, it is like I, I worked with plants, but we did interior landscaping. We did these big old mega palm trees that go inside hotels and mansions here in San Antonio. We did George. We I think they still do George Strait's house and David Robinson's house and some of the other prominent people here in San Antonio. We've done Tommy Lee Jones's um, condo, and we had just that's what we did. So I grew up there and. I learned sales there at Planet Airscapes, and it was when when I left there, I uh, ended up like we did the piñatas, and we sold piñatas. I could sell piñatas. I said, I sold piñatas. I said, well, crap! If I can sell piñatas, I can sell anything. <laughs> and really, um, it was just a good segue into. I didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest with you, because after after my dad passed away, I was I was depressed, probably for about a month, a month and a half, and just really took care of my son Julian. When, when he was a baby and we'd watch Blue's Clues together. And then I took it, I took this job for a while. I hated it. I, I did, um it was at, at a Czech plant company and I hated it because we were in a cubicle all day and that's just not who I am. And, but that's where God had me. So I had to be obedient. And then when I was released, I said, man, I, what do I do? And I knew sales. And every time I looked at the newspaper, the automotive ads came out to me, right? Now hiring hundred thousand dollars a year. That's what they say. It was back in twenty in two thousand, right, two thousand and one, and I just prayed about it, and God led me to buy a Chevrolet, and that's where I learned how to really just learn business and learn how to sell and learn how to run an organization, and the rest is just from there. So, how long were you actually in doing selling cars for? Man, I was in the automotive industry for almost twenty years. I loved it. I I, I sold cars for three and a half years. Managed, I was a new car director. Then I uh, ended up leaving there as a new car director. Went to another place, was at Enterprise uh, Car Sales, which is used cars, right? Enterprise Rental Car owns one of the largest used cars in the world. Did that for three and a half years and then went back to the Chevy store as a, I ran the whole Chevrolet store. Did, did another time there for probably about four years and was a total of almost 20 years in the automotive industry. And I loved it. I thought my, my, my intentions were to buy a dealership. I was actually saving up money to buy a dealership. That's 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 my goal. So, so actually I still have I still have my Chevrolet ring. I wear it all the time. <laughs> so it's only it's only been recently that you well, 20 years, 2001, really only been recently that you kind of stopped that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh well really when I when I resigned it was in 2017. So 2017 I was, I was, I was 17 years in the automotive industry and I think when I got out, I was, I was, I, 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 my intention were to go back after I started taking care of my wife, but I, God had other plans and he told me, this is where you're going to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you imagine that? God says, go out there and speak to the world. <laughs> well, so tell us, tell folk, um, I mean, selling cars is no, not easy, is an up and down industry because obviously the car market, you, they bring out, they bring out new models in a regular regular basis for people to buy and you get your re used cars and especially and recently the industry's taken a major hit obviously with COVID and stuff and obviously before that it was sort of up and down um, I mean what made you stop I mean obviously you just mentioned briefly what well, you can be a motivational speak speaker but what was the other obviously family life how was that did it take a toll on your life even though you're working and selling cars did it take a toll on your family life at all did it uh, made you sort of make that decision to, because you wanted to be do something totally different or usually there's a reason why you don't just quit a job but for after 17 years? No, I think just being in, in, the, in the car world, you get, it's, it, it does wear on you. It, it wore more on me than I realized. But I think really it was when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer four years ago. Right. Actually, it's been exactly almost, she got diagnosed September, actually it's been over four years. She got diagnosed September 30th of 2017. And I resigned in November of 2017 and I never looked back. And my intentions were to go back to the automotive industry and mm -hmm. find a gig. But 
that's when I was looking for a tie and started getting dressed and I found this old email and the email was just, uh, it made me cry because it was when, even though I ran the Chevrolet dealership, I was the main guy there. I always loved to do the sales training. I did our, I did our Monday morning meetings because I just, I just loved it. I was, I was, the, I was the leader, but I was the hype guy. We'd okay. put on music and we'd, I mean, we'd have some amazing meetings. And I think just one day I went to go speak at a school because we would give out these awards for Chevrolet and the owner would send me because they didn't want to go and it was cool. So I went and next day, one th- the day, one day the, the president goes, the principal goes, Daniel, you have anything to say? I said, no, ma'am. And she goes, you sure? I was like, yeah. I said, I don't know what to say. I just came and take a picture with the award. That's what we do with, for Chevrolet. So I go back and sit down and I just felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me. What do you mean you don't know what to say? You just spoke on attitude. We'll talk on attitude. So I said, you know, I can say some words for a couple of minutes on attitude. And she's like, okay. And next thing you know, I have 300 kids yelling and screaming, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I love myself. And that's where my motivational speaking career started. <laughs> there we go. Motivational. Yeah, but it was just, uh, I found that email and the email said, this is, well, who is this Daniel Gomez? Who is Daniel Gomez? Who's this? Okay. Who's this car guy? My son's yelling and screaming throughout the house, and he's looking in the mirror and and, and tell him tell tell this car guy I said thank you. And when I read this, you got to remember my wife just had a double mastectomy, so I read this this email again, and I was just started crying because tell, he, the email said EJ he looks in the mirror and tells himself he loves himself, he believes in himself. Tell him I said thank you because when I would go speak at these high school and give out these awards, I would take Chevrolet caps with me. And so they would put on the Chevrolet caps. And the email said that EJ puts on the Chevrolet caps and he's never happier when he has, than when he has that Chevrolet cap on. So I was just crazy enough to believe that I could go speak to the world for a year. <laughs> so you also, so when, when was your first major speaking gig? When did that start? Man, I, I, the real, my first major one was actually at a, was out of high school. I had I had been speaking at networking events and just getting my reps in and practicing and I was speaking probably like every week I was just volunteering and, and going out and just learning what it was and getting my nerves out. And then at the time my coach goes, man, you just gotta go knock on some doors and see who will pay you and what take anything you can get. <laughs> I was like, all right, sounds fair enough. And I was just crazy enough to go knock on doors, and I got a I got a gig at Burbank High School, and went and spoke over there. And man, uh, that was that was probably like my first real audience of of, of my speaking career, and okay. I made my first speaker reel out of that, and that was pretty amazing. So I, but I love speaking to students because I believe that that they need hope right now. They need a sense of purpose. And then as I just started, as I got my John Maxwell certification, I went to John Maxwell got my certification. Uh, granted, I was doing sales trainings as far as I was doing corporate gigs as far as small trainings here and there. And I was making money. And then the big break came when I got a phone call and they said, is this Daniel? We're looking for Daniel Gomez. And I'm like, who's this? Like, it's the United States Air Force. And I'm like, no, really, who's this? And like, it's Daniel. It's the United States Air Force. Frazier. Come on, put Daniel Gomez on the phone. And I'm like, I go, no, really, who's this? And they're like, sir, they gave me some long name. It's, 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 it's Sergeant Major, blah, blah, blah. And I said, man, I said, you're lying. He goes, sir. I said, how did you find me? He goes, we Googled you. <laughs> we Googled leadership and you came up and we liked your stuff. Will you come speak to the United States Air Force? We think you're a good fit for us. Wow. And I said, where are you at again, sir? And he said something that caught my attention because I know Lacton Air Force Base pretty good. He goes, why don't you do this, sir? Why don't you come down and see? We just invested about $350,000 into our new auditorium. We'd love for you to come down and see if you would like to speak to our officers. And man, I went down there and I was just like saliving at the mouth because the stage was epic. And actually, I still use that video. Uh, If you go to my DanielGomezSpeaker.com website right now, DanielGomezSpeaker.com, that's the video that I still use because... Nothing tops that. I, I, I've spoken with Les Brown. I've spoken with Tom Bilyeu. It's like not many speakers can say they trained the United States Air Force. And that's why I leave it there because it's not, not I would say, probably less than 
less than 1%, 2% of speakers can say they trained the United States Air Force. And much less have it recorded on video. And my wife, I told my wife, I said, I don't care what you do, you're going to call in that day and you're going to go with me down to the, air, to, to the speaking engagement. And that's what she did. We just, my wife's always been on my side supporting me. As much as she agreed or didn't agree, she always supported me. And that video my wife caught, it's, that's, that's what launched me to the next level. And that's what got me to where I'm at today. Also, we'll come back to your speaking in a minute. You're also an author. What made you write your first book and what what was this kind of inclining to get you into that? Well, right here, look, you were born to fly. It's still the best selling book that I've written, man. This book does phenomenal. You gotta go get a copy right now for Christmas on, on Amazon. I'll post the link, but every speaker needs a book. <laughs> right? Every what I what I heard is every you need a book. I'm like, what do I need a book for? I'm not already know how to write a book, but I will tell you when I went to John Maxwell, the, the international conference, um, it was amazing because I had never met an author before and I finally met my first author. And I thought to myself, how amazing would it be to be an author? How awesome would it be to be an author? I didn't tell this to anybody, but I just internally, I, I said that. And the, the beautiful thing about John Maxwell, the, uh, that I, the international conference they have there for their trainings, it's, it really opened up my mind to something bigger where it was possible. And when I came back, I said, man, I said, I, I think I want to write a book. But I was scared because the investment in the book, I didn't have the money because my wife was still going through breast cancer. And mm-hmm. we had a lot of stuff going on. But I was just crazy enough to bet on myself. And every every time I bet on myself big time, whether it was a $4,000 gig or a $5,000 book publishing deal or whatever it was to go get John Maxwell certified at the time, it's 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 those investments that got me to where I'm at. And so many young speakers, so many young entrepreneurs, so many somebody that's aspiring to be an influencer to say they don't want to make they want to they want to influence, but they can't even influence themselves to invest in themselves. <laughs> they don't even right? they can't even influence themselves to invest in themselves. But it's it was that five thousand dollar investment in, in 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 the JMT with John Maxwell team that really gave me another level of just. Uh, it elevated my view and it was amazing. And then when I invested in my first book, You Were Born to Fly, it was another thousands of dollars that I invested. But people want to be successful and they want to be this speaker, this podcaster, this person, this trainer, coach, and they don't want to invest in their brand. They don't want to invest in themselves. And it, it takes an investment, but I think I was I was just crazy enough not to care what anybody said and I did it. And um, man, I'll tell you, after I trained the United States Air Force, I started getting booked a lot here in San Antonio. And next thing you know, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year just speaking because I had the credentials, right? Who could say this is my model? If I can add, if I can add value for you to the United States Air Force, I'm more than confident I can add value to your organization. And HEB brought me in for training, AT&T. I mean, I was getting booked left and right because I have the credentials and it just it for two years in a row, I mean, I was dominating here locally in Texas, really, because it was just, it was good. And I think when COVID hit, I had the confidence of speaking, but in the background, I had been practicing my podcast. I was just scared to launch it. And then when COVID happened, God said, it's time to launch a podcast. And, I'm, and even though I was very successful as a speaker coming up, mm-hmm. I was like, well, who's going to listen to my podcast? And God just said, start it. And next thing you know, I talked to a good friend of mine, Tony Watley, and then mm-hmm. I talked to um, Alex Stern, billionaire Alex mm-hmm. from Constant Contact, and my publisher, Michael D. Butler. We were just, man, hey, uh, I think I started a podcast. What I do, we'll support you. Come on, we'll be on it. So it gave me confidence that, wow, okay, maybe this can work. And then, of course, you know, that summer of 2020, we started Sticker Shop Speaking Academy. It was a big hit from the beginning. And we've trained many speakers to become paid speakers. Anthony Potter just came. In September, and since September, he's already made over fifteen thousand dollars in paid speaking gigs. From what he learned here, he was, you know, he was getting some gigs, but coming to Sticker Shock really elevated his mindset and just the approach that we take to finding his engagement. So, Sticker Shock was born because of COVID. So it's just really the tenacity that I had. Mm. I think from moving around, like I said, when I was younger, it just there's no there's no quit in me. There's no there's no resilience. There's 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 no quit. It's just got to be resilient. Is that your only book you've written, or is that you've written more, or is that just the one for the moment? Which one, Sticker Shot? No, this one. There, no. you got that. You've got more books. Have you? Yeah, well, I got, I got. Uh, you were that. born to fly. I got Sticker Shot. This is a sales book that I wrote. So if you're, if you're in sales, real estate, automotive, wherever you are, Sticker Shot, it really gives you the mindset to, to most, 
most sales professionals struggle because, right, we, it, it's not sticker shock. The day you realize you're worth millions, most sales professionals undervalue themselves. So in reality, they never hit that true top level potential of sales because they're scared, right? They're just, they feel undeserving of their success. So sticker shock. And then I have another one, which is called um, Speak Your Way to Success, which we did in collaboration with some other speakers from Sticker Shock. So I'm actually working on my new book. It's going to be coming out here in the first quarter of 2022. I'm excited. We got an amazing book that's coming out. We got an amazing new course. It's really going to help people just really elevate their minds and elevate their, their thinkings and really develop. Uh, it's, it's going to be epic. And then we got a, a live events that we're going to do around this new book. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful. So I'm really, really pumped up about it. So look out for that in 2022. But until then, you can go to Amazon and get one of these two books for Christmas. Well, it's perfect. <laughs> so your wife, obviously, I've been backtracking a little bit. You've cancer's obviously been in your life quite a lot with your mom, your dad, and then your wife. And she is, and she she's completely healed, completely cured now, or she in remission. remission? Yeah, as a matter of fact, she just had her last surgery, November seventeenth, probably about a month and a week ago, and we're done by God's grace. It was uh, it was actually um, a surgery where it was kind of like a celebration surgery because there was no. Usually when you have some of these surgeries, you have drains coming out of you and just for infection purposes and buildup of liquids inside your body. And she didn't have any drains. And I was just, I just, just thankful to God. Like, Thank you. Because it, it went 200 times better than what we expected. So I say that because if not, we would have had a, we would have still had a great Thanksgiving, but it would have been a lot harder because of course it would have, it would have added another month of recovery to her surgery. But She's she's done. She's good, and and I'm grateful. So we're we're excited for 2022. That's good news. Great. So going forward for well, let's. I actually want to backtrack a little bit. One thing is, I'm trying to. I, I was thinking before I knew I'd be interviewing you. I couldn't remember for the love nor money how we actually met in the first place. How we connected. I think you know when you're backtracking, you're backtracking in your head. You know, <laughs> who the heck connected us again? I'm racking my brains galore. I couldn't remember. I had one person, but I couldn't quite remember who the person was or how we somehow came about. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure if you remember either, but I'm I'm like, I can't remember. <laughs> so, so, but for some reason, we've connected, and I can't remember the journey, how we've connected. I'm thinking it is the person I'm thinking of. Through, was it Loni, Loni Lee? Uh, well, was thingy. She's in that podcast guest group on, face, on Facebook. I'm thinking it was her. But yeah, Lonnie, Lonnie, yes, with, Lonnie. With, with, with Bold Movers podcast. Yeah, yeah, yes. Bold Movers, yes, that was how it was. She, yes. That was the connection. That was, that was just about three or four years ago, probably. It has certainly been a wee while. It has, but I think we've kind of just gradually, so for some reason, connected, or I don't sure how the, just as. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I met you, my brother. It's been a blessing getting some, I mean, I've known you now for over three years, so you've definitely been a blessing in my life, so thank you. Well, I'll take it. I'll take. I'll tell you something for those who are listening. Uh, it's taken. It took. Yes, my main issue personally was I was an. I I don't listen, and I didn't listen. And it took actually Daniel just in a general conversation to a little bit of a like these little chihuahuas, a little nip. <laughs> they nip at your ankles. These little dogs just kind of wee just nip me a little bit with a, and it actually just. It, I think just it did something, and people. I started listening. And I just, I just started going. It's better sometimes. It's better to be quiet and listen rather than just keep flapping your gums because it's better. The more you listen, the more you learn, the more you intake, the more you can then figure out the right formula and produce the right thing in your life to in the right direction without just going gung ho like a bull in a china shop, basically. <laughs> so it doesn't really work. So but I believe that was a good thing for me personally. But and I've noticed just my by listening, for those who do listen to Daniel, if you listen to his little snippets and how he when he talks or his little videos he does, if you just subtly listen, you will actually pick out some really amazingly gold little nuggets of when he's talking and about his life. And if you if you apply that to your life, you will start to see a difference in yourself, and people will see it in you as well. And I've noticed that, and that's why I'm grateful. I'm very, very grateful that how how Daniel's done that. It's just that I believe things happen for a reason, 
and things are there for a reason to be taught. We're all there to be taught, and whatever you, whether you believe or not believe, but obviously there's a reason why I've been we are, we are our paths are with together, and just by listening and I, we support each other. I'm very happy to support him down the line. I support his podcast through Mintway Radio. It's great supporting the guy and great uh, getting him out there and coverage and he. I see he's an inspiration to many, many people and the people who he's connected me with. And by when people make connections, I want to make sure I'm doing him justice by making sure I'm looking after the people that he's connected me with. Because when you connect with people and you recommend somebody, you've got to make sure you're not going to let the person down who's connected you with that person. So that's about how it is. But I, if, you listen, if you are listening to Daniel at all in any way, if you connect with them, and you just listen to them, you will pick up some amazing gold nuggets without even realizing it. Just the subtlest things that he talks to hits the nail on the head many times. But uh, that's my encouragement to Daniel there. Uh, but I want to, just to, for those who, who want to connect, please connect with him because he's got a book, he's got a fantastic podcast. He is always great to listen to. You'll get him on Clubhouse. We, oh, he's on Clubhouse every Thursday. Seven o'clock in CST, is it? Seven o'clock? Yeah, seven. Actually, I, I got to get the flyer ready for that. Seven a.m. CST tomorrow, <laughs> so yes. I've never heard of the app Clubhouse. Huh? Clubhouse is like a, an app that came out during lot during the lockdown of uh, obviously COVID that it basically it's an online app on your phone, voice only. You can connect with people all over the world, whether in business, podcasting, you name it, you can connect. And he does a room on a Thursday uh, every Thursday from 7 o'clock CST, 8 o'clock Eastern, 1 p.m. UK. Um, and you can just literally, it's a great room for connecting with entrepreneurs. And it's part of the Shield of Faith Entrepreneurs Group uh, connected on Facebook. Tell us how you got came up with the Shield of Faith, Shield of Faith side of things, because you created that as well as Sticker Shock as well. Yeah, well, Sticker Shock actually kind of derived from the, from the book Sticker Shock. And then one day I was there in prayer and, God said, Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. That name just kind of stuck out to me, and I was like, Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. It's like, okay, that sounds great. And I just, I called Michael D. Butler and I said, man, I said, God downloaded this idea. What do you think? He said, let's do it. I said, let's do it then. And we went and put the deposit, invested thousands of dollars into what we needed for Sticker Shock, and boom, it hit. <laughs> but I love doing it because God shows up. It's a secular event, but man, I'll tell you what, if you're, an aspiring speaker, like the sign says, right? You need to come experience the Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. Because just I tell you what, we have speakers that have been healed on stage. We've prayed for them. And man, you've just seen people's lives transform. Like Jesse Cruz, he left Sticker Shock. He got to Sticker Shock and he was just uh, an amazing individual. But when he left, he was fearless because God just touched his heart there. It was amazing. Like I said, Anthony Pollard, Tony Pollard came and since September, he's just been getting paid speaking engagement after paid speaking engagement. Michelle Hoskins came. And the biggest compliment I got is that she used to own a McDonald's. And she says, what am I going to learn in her mind? She was telling me, Daniel, I really thought, what am I going to learn? I run McDonald's. She was, but I learned so much business savvy about the speaking business from Daniel Gomez. Two weeks after she left, she got a $5,000 gig, paid speaking engagement. Now she speaks, she's made... Uh, this was back in, it's been, man, she, I can't, I don't even want to lie. She's made easily over $35,000 speaking because she just, she just took it to another level. So when you come to Sticker Shock and experience where our next one's going to be March 11th and 12th here in San Antonio, Texas, we definitely have room for you. We'd love for you to come join us. And then, right. It's just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when, when you come and you experience, cause it's an experience with the community. So you definitely can't, you can't go wrong with that. And then shield of faith to answer your question. Mm-hmm. That was just uh, my. I was really trying to figure out a name for our faith basketball group, and I had I was called Daniel Gomes Inspires, and then I changed it to um, something Syndicate, and it just it just didn't work right. It just didn't feel right. Distinctive Syndicate is what it was called, and well, so I just kind of like and then one day, like the coaching's part of my business really, really just started blowing up on LinkedIn. I have a I have over twelve thousand followers on LinkedIn, and. I just had people asking me for advice and I started onboarding clients left and right and Shield of Faith just popped out one morning in prayer and I was like, Shield of Faith? I was like, okay. And I just prayed about it and just God confirmed it and I changed it to Shield of Faith. Our, our coaching brand is called Shield of Faith Coaching. We trademarked that. 
So I haven't posted that on Facebook yet, but we trademarked that here this past year. And, and it's like, you got to protect your names, your trademark sticker shock. And um, so Shield of Faith Coaching is, is trademarked and I'm excited. And it's our brand, our executive and business coaching. And it's, it's been taking off like crazy on LinkedIn and it's getting brand recognition. So we changed the name of the Facebook group to Shield of Faith Entrepreneurs. And that's been growing. I actually talked about you the other day because I want to get some shirts made. Now that say Shield of Faith Entrepreneurs, right? I don't want to get or just get that show the faith. So I'm excited. I'm really excited with our brand. It's really exploding. It's, it's, it's right. My, my brand you see here, DG, Daniel Gomez inspires our show the faith logo. Um, that's, what's been carrying us for the past four years. And that's been around, that's really been our branding. And now with show the faith, the coaching with, uh, it's just really, we got, we got another logo that we've been. So it's, it's, everything's kind of, everything's coming together because if you think about it, our business has been growing. And this is a way to explain it is the trunk of our business is speaking. Of course, that's where my bread and butter was when I started. The branch is right. Book publishing. We, we have DG Enterprises Book Publishing now. We do podcast launching and production. That's another branch. And then we got Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. That's another branch that that is for our from our business that we've trademarked. And then we got our Show the Faith Coaching, which is really just our, our coaching brand so we have five or six revenue streams that really i mean we do phenomenal because we really have a business model that's been working for us and it's at all i think so many times we want to we, we were scared to start it wasn't something that i planned intentionally but as your business grows your mindset elevates and you're like wow i can do this and it's been it's been an amazing ride for you so thank you for asking can a question I'm going to come up and ask with all the stuff that you do and all the coaching, you're always very upbeat and positive. But what do you still what what would you say that you still struggle with? Honestly, I I came back from Miami here a couple of weeks ago, and I got lazy. I got comfortable in my success. So I think I think for me it's 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 really to push myself to to go further because I think. How much, how much is enough? How much success is enough, I think? And I say that because I didn't realize how comfortable I was in the success that we've had in 2020 and 2021. You know, I, by God's grace, we, we, we've done phenomenal. And I say that with humility, but I got, I got comfortable in that. And I realized that I really wasn't pushing myself. After summer, I wasn't really pushing myself because it was just, it just wasn't there, but I think going to Miami and Palm Springs with my wife, it really elevated my life to really see that there was more out there. That my, my goal is this is I would say within five years, I want to start building an orphanage in Africa. Okay. And it's going to take millions of dollars to do that. So I'm being selfish if I get comfortable where I'm at right now, even though we're doing fantastic, I don't have the resources yet to go to an orphanage in Africa. But I will have them. I know that. And I think with our next book, our next course, our next event series that we got coming out, it's really going to speak to the hearts of people because so many people are struggling right now. And, and I think just the new messaging that we've kind of started doing it a little bit right now, but the more we come out with the, with the branding of it and really launch it, it's going to explode in 2022. And it's just going to, because people are going to, people are just tired of being tired. And I think once we get everything launched, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Would you now? It sounds like you've taken you've spoken mainly all over America and quite a lot in the time you've been doing speaking. Would you consider or would you start going internationally, as in jumping in a plane, being in the UK, being in parts of Europe, maybe as far, further afield as maybe Australia, for example? Would you ever see yourself going that uh, take out with? Oh yeah, well actually, in in in, in uh, twenty twenty, we went international. We went to um, we were in Asia. We spoke okay. in one, two, three, three cities in Asia. So it was awesome. So I'm not, yeah, definitely. We spoke on leadership and it was amazing. And um, so when I came back, those were my, those, <laughs> that was my intentions to come back after coming back in, it was October of 2020. I was like, man, gonna, it's, I mean, I came back, I spoke internationally, came back, had a big leadership event that I spoke at and um, it was, it was awesome. And, but that's when I hurt my foot and, God just put the reins on me a little bit and I couldn't walk for three months. So it really humbled me and really just had me reflect and really be more grateful. But heck yeah, I, I would love to go speak at your, 
I would love to go speak over there with you, man. I think, you know, my honorarium is, is very, is very affordable for being international. I mean, I probably would go overseas to go see you, Frazier, for 10,000. <laughs> Just to go spend time with you, right? But I mean, but, but I'm being, in, in all seriousness, it's like, as, as your prominence goes, you gotta, I think so many speakers are scared to charge their value. And it's like, I just, I just, I love speaking. I mean, I, I see the transformation in people. And when God gets a hold of my heart and speaks to me and you see people crying in the audience and it's just, it's, it's beautiful because there's truly, truly a transformation going on in who they are. So where, before going forward, they've obviously mentioned like five years, you want to build an orphanage, but apart from now, in the next coming up 2022 kind of going forward uh, where do you sort of what's your sort of goal plans for the next say, couple of years coming up what do you want to achieve and you may have just briefly mentioned already but what just elaborate a bit more well it's really just to continue what we're doing i, I think just to expand it right to make it wider and yeah. to really get more people on board we have you know we have we do have employees now so we're responsible for people and their the well-being of them and their families but i think it's really just growing the brands that we have, I mean, everything we have is, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's an infancy. And I say that because, you know, COVID started and March will be two years. So everything that we're doing is now in this, in this next season of our business has only been less than two years and it's been phenomenal. So it's really to grow that brand of, of, of the next book that's coming out. And once we launch that, I'm, I'm ready right now. Now I got the money and the resources to really promote it and market it. And it's to really elevate that brand. And once that brand comes out and those courses come out and really the, the live events, um, I'm excited because they're going to be smaller interim events, kind of like sticker shock, but really help people on a deeper level to where they, they, their lives are going to be transformed. So I'm really, really grateful and excited for what God has for us. And it's, it's going to, my next book's going to be, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm putting a lot more effort into this book. It's not just writing. I don't want to write a book just to write a book. Um, not that I've written a book just to write a book, but I think when you were born, a fly came out amazingly. And I think when I wrote Sticker Shock, I was just pressed for time because I was supposed to be with Grant Cardone in Toronto right before COVID happened. And it didn't work out because COVID, but I think I, I was pressed for time on that. And I kind of just really wrote a book. And even though there's nuggets, it, it could have, it has another level that it was capable of. So I think with my new book that's coming out and it's under our brand. It's under DG enterprises, right? We have our own. We're, so if you want to publish a book, here's Tawny's, Tawny's mm -hmm. book, right? We, yes. we do very professional work. And then we have our logo right here, right? DG enterprises. Okay, we do amazing, amazing formatting, um, interior design, everything. So we do a professional job. We got Tina Kadish's book right here. Go get her book on Amazon. She's one of our authors. Amazing, right? There's our logo, DG enterprises. So, if you need a book published, we can publish your book for you. And we do it. We're very affordable. But I, I'm excited for all this, Frazier, because our new book's going to be under my brand, DG Enterprise. <laughs> so, Talk about Grant Cardona. There's one person I actually crossed paths with on a platform. This is before he was really big uh, on a platform called Blab. It was a social media platform just for chatting. It was like I had just hanging out. And he was on that. It was in 2015. That is when that kicked off. He he was on a few times and I kind of crossed paths him when he was pretty much a nobody uh, then. But now he's obviously a huge a huge name. People know who he is now pretty much. Uh, but that was then. That was I have kind of crossed paths with him uh, way way back. So it's amazing time flies. But that was yeah one person I have actually briefly crossed paths with uh, way back then uh, when he was kind of just starting out kind of thing. Uh, so give it. Where do, can people connect with Daniel Gomez and where can they, if they want to connect with you and where can, well, find your links, for, for example, books, etc. Yeah, what I'll do is I'm um, actually our books are, both our books are on Amazon, right? You can go to Amazon right now and I'll put the links in, the, in, in here and on Facebook and stuff. It's um, Amazon. You got, you were born, you got Sticker Shock and then you got, you were born to fly. This one's mm -hmm. for personal development, confidence and mindset, right? Personal growth. And then Sticker Shock is for sales and it's really to help you elevate your, your sales game. And really mm -hmm. you just go to Daniel Gomez Inspires as our brand. We're on, we're actually on Pinterest. We're on Twitter. We're on, on LinkedIn. You got me there, Daniel Gomez. And really just go to danielgomezglobal.com. That's danielgomezglobal.com. And go, we have a free entrepreneur's assessment where you fill out the assessment and we'll give you 45 minutes to review that with you and help you elevate your, your, your craft or your business. And we've helped businesses. A good example is 
Um, you know, I think of Maria from Groco Fitness. She's tripled her income. She was struggling, and 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 uh, you know, this is a testimonial she gave us. And you know, she went from making three thousand now she's making over ten thousand dollars a month. So we we know how to help young entrepreneurs. And the, the beautiful thing about me is I I ran organizations. So we took a business that was losing a million to making a million within a a year and two months. So we have that right. I have the capacity to work with you. Whether you're a small business, a solopreneur, or you're you got a business and you're struggling and you have 100 employees, believe me, there's nothing to there's there's no task too daunting for our show the fake coaching. We can definitely handle and right because the thing about this bigger organizations, it's culture, it's morale, it's leadership. You got to fix that. When it's a small business or a solopreneur, <laughs> you're the problem because you're the leader, right? Yeah. It's 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 your mindset, it's your way of seeing business, and the the, 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 the true fact is. Mm-hmm. Most people never develop a business mindset, Frazier. You'd be surprised how many business owners still think as an employee, and we that's where I specialize in. That's what that's where my niche comes in. And I just I just dominate that because I can I can see it. I have that gifting with it. And we put the strategies in there to really help your business grow and elevate. And you get results like Maria, where you 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 triple your income and literally you're making that. And you got another one of our clients, she was making forty thousand dollars a year. We looked took her over to a hundred and something. And it's just, it's just awesome when you see those results. And then when you have another big organization that raises our revenue over a million dollars a year, like, come on. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it, the proof is in the pudding, right? I, I've made, I've made the money for myself. I've made the money for my clients and I love to help you make the money for you. So go to danielgomezglobal.com, send us a message there on contact. We'll give you a complimentary 45 minute discovery session and fill out the, entrepreneurs assessment there and we'll get that to us and we'll, we'll give you a con schedule time to for those who are listening or watching wherever you are, are listening around the world uh, you want to give us a final word to people who are listening to this a final word is this is that 2021 maybe it wasn't the year you wanted but it, it doesn't define who you are right nothing is carbon stone you can change anything anything that you want in life if you want to badly enough, but are you going to play the victim and blame COVID? Are you going to be the victim, play the victim and blame somebody else? Or are you going to justify your results that it just, what excuse are you going to use? Stop justifying your results. Stop playing the victim. Stop blaming others. Stop making excuses and let 2022 be your year of dominating. Your be, let it be your year of growth. Let it be your year where you're going to really just, this is the truth. I want to leave you with this. This is what I want to phrase is that, the truth is it will set you free, but the truth is also painful because in order for your business to grow, in order for you to grow, you have to change something in your life and it's going to be painful. I've been through that. It's a journey of becoming and becoming that next person, that next version of you who you need to be to handle that new level of business, that new level of life. It's going to be painful. Just embrace it. Because in those growth pains, that's where the next level of success or maybe the first level of success is for you. So stop holding on to the old you. That old you doesn't serve you anymore. The old you of, of five years ago, of three years ago, of that year, this old you of 2021, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. So remember this. The truth will set you free, but it will also be painful. And the truth is who you are right now can't handle the next level of success that you want. So stop fighting the growth. And it's a journey of becoming who God created you to be. There we go. Everyone who has been listening to this one, thank Daniel Gomez for being on the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. Uh, bringing that the, basically the business coach, the inspiring man, uh, the man who's literally always on fire and he's always basically politely kicking butt. Uh, he's literally always doing it. He, he, love, he, loves you, he loves you. He loves people. He loves God. He loves just helping people. Just, he just loves everybody and main thing is for what he's been through uh, you'll always find joy he's always encouraging people and if you work with him you'll find that you, you will learn a lot and if you help helping just having that connection with daniel is for work with people you will it's finding that kind of niche or niche whatever i call it depends what country you're from um let <laughs> me <laughs> say niche over here um yeah just you'll find you'll connect with the right people and you will see yourself grow and daniel is one person you will grow with if you just connect with them and just reach out to him great person just to have a conversation with and just to yeah you'll learn a lot and so i speak for myself 
and I speak to many other people as you, as you've just we've heard already on the uh, from him the books that he's uh, helped people publish. You can see he will, he will help you. So uh, no harm in having a conversation with them. Take that opportunity and chat with them, and you might just be amazed and surprised of where you'll go, and you will sail on a cruise ship. And, all across the world, if you just speak to Daniel. Anyway, that's just probably a bit extreme. But anyway. Thank you, Brenda. But thank you. <laughs> thank you to being on the show. Everyone who's been watching, till next time, till the next show, wherever you are in the world, if you want to be on the show, love to chat, love to, at any day, it's been encouraging people and serving people and bringing inspirational stories like Daniel's, like the previous guests, to you across the world to inspire you, to make you be better and to grow. And thank you for listening to everybody, and we'll speak to you soon next time. Thank you for having me, my friend.